Well, good morning to everybody, and it's uh, really good to be here this morning. It's good to know that the NCBC community can come together on a Sunday morning like this. As always, a big thanks to Rob and Becky, who are working behind the scenes to put all this together. And I hope you've had a good week, a good Easter week. We've had a mixture of some colder weather, some lovely sunshine, and uh, it's been great to celebrate Easter and the week following it. Hopefully you've been able to engage a bit with Spring Harvest as well. Spring Harvest has been running online all week and uh, there's been some excellent teaching. Some really good things come out of that. And one of the things that stuck in my mind was one of the Bible studies by Malcolm Duncan. Spring Harvest are looking at the book of Acts. Their overall title is Unleashed, that the church is unleashed. And uh, one of the things early in the week that uh, Malcolm Duncan said, which is really encouraging, were the very last words of the book of Acts. And uh, Acts 28, and it says there, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the point being made there that Paul was in his house for two years, two years. We've been in our houses for maybe a month or more now. Um, but boldly and without hindrance, without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God. What can be done from behind closed doors? And that was a real encouragement to me as uh, we looked at that passage together. And so we move on to uh, today's passage. And uh, we're looking, we've been looking at the Gospel of John. And we're coming towards the end of that. In fact, next week, uh, Donald will bring us the last in this series of following our leader to various things. And we've been enjoying the words of John's Gospel. So today we're in John chapter 20 and we're just looking at two verses in John chapter 20 and verses 30 and 31 which say Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now, when I was preparing to uh, speak today, I had a bit of a dilemma because the original notice that went out about what we were preaching on each Sunday spoke about this, uh, following my leader to find the purpose of John's Gospel. And that ties in nicely with the passage we just read. What came onto the cards uh, and on the notice sheet and on the slides was following my leader to find your purpose. So a slightly different angle for looking at the passage today. But the more I thought about it, the more I was thinking that actually John's Gospel is written to help us find our purpose. So yes, we will be looking at finding out the purpose of John's Gospel. But within that, we're going to find out more about our purpose in life as well. So if we look at the passage, we find that John was saying Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. And indeed, if we go on to the very end of John's Gospel, the end of a further chapter, it says Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that will be written. 
Isn't that an amazing thought that for the period that Jesus was on this earth, the period of his ministry, there was so much that could be written about the things that he did. But what should John put into this account of Jesus' life that he's recording? Well, he makes it very clear in that second verse of our reading today. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And I guess if we were going to write an account of a period of our life or even an autobiography of our whole life, we would need to choose which way to do it. Should we just recount one event after the other in a chronological order? That would be quite a task, wouldn't it? And John says that, that he couldn't do that. All the books in the world wouldn't be able to hold that. So John has a distinct purpose for this wonderful gospel that we've been working through some of the passages of. And uh, we're going to think particularly about those purposes today, that we may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that by believing we may have life in his name. We find that each of the gospel writers had a particular angle for uh, sharing their stories of Jesus. For Matthew, it was talking particularly to a Hebrew audience, one that would want to know about the prophecies of old and how they'd been fulfilled. For Mark, it was thinking about that suffering servant, making a very human story. For Luke, the doctor, he wanted to record things that people would believe as a historical fact and uh, get things in the right order for people to look at. As we've seen, John really wanted to know that Jesus was the Son of God and could make an impact on our lives. Let's pray that as we look through some of the themes that John has recorded in this gospel, that it will make a difference to our lives today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this gospel account that John has written. We thank you that it points to Jesus as being the Son of the living God. Lord, we want you to come amongst us today, come by your Spirit, make a difference in these words of Scripture to our lives. And we pray that we may have a life that is more fulfilled through hearing your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've ever played Kim's Game or remember playing it as a child if you're a bit older. Well, Kim's Game was a game where uh, someone would bring a tray full of objects, uh, give you some time to look at that tray, memorise what's on there, and then take it away. Take one object off the tray and uh, see if you could identify which object had gone. We're going to play a version of that this morning. Instead of a tray, we've got a screen with some items on that will be talked about during our time together. So have a look at the screen, memorise what's on there, and uh, later on we'll see if you can work out which items have been taken away. Okay, that's all the time you're getting, so I hope you can remember those items that were on there. When we're thinking about the purpose of John's Gospel, the purpose that he had in writing the things down, we could probably sum it up in one question which we find in John chapter 7. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? 
Well, I wonder who you think Jesus is, Jesus was. Maybe you think he was a good man, but not really relevant in today's day and age. Maybe you think he was an excellent teacher and did some good things to help teach us about life. Or number three, Jesus is the son of God. And I usually go to church to acknowledge that. Or maybe number four, he is the son of God, my saviour and Lord of my life. Well, you may identify with one of those or you may be somewhere between them. Would you come with us this morning as we unpack the Jesus that John wanted us to know? There are two strong threads that run right through John's Gospel. There are seven signs that John acknowledged in the actions of Jesus. And there are seven statements quoted where Jesus said, I am, I am different things. And we're going to look at them this morning, not in great detail. What we want to do is get that overall picture of who Jesus was from these statements and these signs. And each time one of the objects will be removed from the screen that we looked at and then be followed by a verse read by one of our young people. So let's see if you can work out which one has been removed. Here's the first screen for you to look at. John 6 verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Well, did you get the answer before the verse was read? David talked earlier in March, before the lockdown, uh, about that verse, I am the bread of life. And hasn't our world changed since then? But the message stays the same. And of course, we acknowledge those who struggle to make ends meet on a week-to-week -week basis. But for many of us, a trip down the shop whenever we wanted to buy whatever we wanted with loads of choice, uh, our daily food needs being met was the thing. Doesn't it make a difference when it's not so easy? When there are items not in stock, no toilet rolls, no pasta, queuing up to get into the shop maybe. Perhaps it's helped us to step back, think about it, give thanks and be grateful for the things that we have. But Jesus was talking about a different kind of bread when he made that statement, I am the bread of life. He was talking about being satisfied for spiritual hunger and thirst. Yes, there are other spiritual avenues in a multi-choice society that we live. But Jesus says, all you need is me. I am the bread of life. And one of the signs that John spoke of was the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fish. This, John indicates, is a sign of Jesus' power over quantity. If you're willing to give him a little, he will give back much more. I am the bread of life. Here's our second board. This time there are two things removed. Can you work out what they are? Today's reading is John 10 verse 9. I am the door. 
The person who enters through me will be saved. He will be able to come in and out, out to find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John chapter 10 verse 11. I am the good shepherd and I am the door to where you will find pasture. Some of you may be familiar with the story of the shepherd who had a hundred sheep. One went missing, but he wasn't satisfied with the 99 and protecting them. He did everything he could to go and find that other sheep that was in danger and bring it back into pasture. Jesus is a shepherd, a pastor and a friend. We have a God who wants to look after us and wants the very best for those who come to him. And if you understand that of Jesus, more love than any human could give, it makes such a difference to the way that life can be lived. In the signs that John talked about, we encounter a Jesus who has power and mastery. In the I am statements, we find a person who wants to use that power for our good. Isn't that an amazing thing? Let's have a look at our next board and see if you can work out what's missing. John 8 verse 12 Again Jesus spoke to them saying I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness But will have the light of life We're living in dark times at the moment Around us we find a spiritual battle Physical battles and mental battles Jesus promises to shine a light Into those types of situations Situations such as coronavirus whether they come as international crises or personal times when we're feeling really down. That's the promise of Jesus, to be light into those situations. But of course, lights can come in many forms, from a small candle to huge spotlights. And at some points in our life, God can shine that way ahead into the distance, making guidance really clear. At other times, I would suggest that now is one of those times. It's a lamp that takes us one step at a time, navigating a tricky path to find our way. But the light is there. God will guide us through. And one of the signs that John talks about was when Jesus encountered a man who'd been blind since birth. Jesus opened his eyes and brought light into the, a situation that seemed totally helpless. Jesus has the power and authority to do just that. Let's look at the next board to see if we can work out which item comes next. John 15 verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in, in me and I in him will bear much fruit. It was just a few weeks ago that Paolo spoke on this verse to us. Follow my leader to find success. And I think that this passage makes our faith stand out from other religions because we have a God who wants to be in close 
regular contact with us, to build up that relationship between us and God. We can live in him and he can live in us. Not that distant deity looking down and wagging a finger at us, but a loving, compassionate God who's interested in every part of our lives. And what's the result of that? What's the result of abiding in him, living close to Jesus? Well, Paul describes the fruit of the Holy Spirit as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness and self-control. And you know, that's the kind of success criteria I would love to be known for. If we abide in Jesus and stay close to him, we will find that kind of success in our lives. Let's look at the next board and see if we can work out what's coming next. The reading is from John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Thomas wanted to know where Jesus was going, where life was heading. And Jesus replied with those words, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And of course, in life, things crop up and make us doubt where we're heading. Addictions, relationship issues, illnesses, disaster, coronavirus, things that we're not in control of. Now, John doesn't use this particular story, Matthew and Luke do in their Gospels. But when the storms of life come round, those Gospels tell us that the house that was built on the sand collapsed. The house that was built on the rock stood firm. And we can build our foundations on many different materials. Maybe it's faith in the economy. Maybe it's a healthy life. Many different things that we can surround ourselves with, that we have faith in for our future. But Jesus brings hope into this situation. I am the way, the truth and the life, he says. He restores that relationship with God the Father. They get spoiled through rotten things, through sin. Another of the signs that we read about in John's Gospel was Jesus walking on the water. He is the Lord of nature. And in this time when the way forward may be unclear, when truth is hard to find, when life as we know it has been interrupted, let's turn to Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. Let's look at our final board and see if you can work out what's coming next. John 11 verses 25 and 26 Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me though he die yet shall live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die well thank you to all our young people who've read our verses today that being the, the final one 
And we see that Jesus arrived at Bethany to be greeted by Mary and Martha grieving. Their brother Lazarus had died. If he'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died, they said. And Jesus replied, I am the resurrection and the life. And this event is another of those signs that John wants us to know. That Jesus had the power over death by raising Lazarus back from the dead. And as we celebrated last Sunday, Jesus himself rose from the dead, defeating the power of evil. Wow, what a God, what a person in Jesus. And death can often be seen as the final hurdle, something that can defeat us. But with Jesus, it's the door to everlasting life through his act of sacrifice. So seven wonderful I am sayings that John wants us to hear to get to the heart of who Jesus is. There are three signs of the seven that we didn't cover as we worked through the I am statements. Jesus turned water into wine. He had the power to affect the quality and has the power to affect the quality of life that we can have. There was a healing of a nobleman's son from a distance. Jesus wasn't there. He has the power over space and distance. And there was a healing of a man disabled for 38 years. Jesus has the power over time. So that's a whistle-stop tour of some of the main points that John wants us to hear in writing his gospel. We have three verses of the year that we've identified from John's gospel and we'll be speaking more about them as the year progresses. The desire to worship him in spirit and in truth. The desire to love one another and the desire to keep on abiding in him. Who do you say I am? Jesus asked. Well, they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some say a prophet. Who do you say I am? Peter. Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Who do you say Jesus is? What about your purpose in life? Does it fall into line with the purposes of Jesus? Is your hope built around him on solid ground or on sinking sand? Jesus has power and authority and a desire to love us with all that power and authority. I hope today we've got a greater picture, a greater understanding of who Jesus can be in our life. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the wonders of John's Gospel, proclaiming Jesus, and we thank you for those wonderful I Am statements. Lord, we claim your promises today that you will be more to us. Lord, we claim for you to be a light into this world that we live in, an influence on our lives. And Father, thank you that you have the power and authority, even over death, to bring us through. In Jesus' name. Amen.